Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Genesis, chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. Here is the first half of this two-part study. Hey, it's Pastor Michael Petit. I wanted to thank y'all. I know it sounds a little different. We are uh, had some technical difficulties with the teaching tonight. And so I'm just uh, going back over it again, and that's fine. Um, it's a great piece of scripture as we get into uh, the verse tonight. Uh, one of the things I entitled this simply is, Anything Too Difficult for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? I love that, that phrase, that, that piece of scripture. Um, because I think a lot of times there are things that we may think of and, and may struggle with. And, and I'm sure Abram, who's now Abraham, and Sarah, who's uh, Sarai, who's now Sarah, name changes happen, and they got the the promise of the uh, of you know of in seventeen verse chapter seventeen verses one through five, where it says now when Abraham was ninety nine years old. 99 years old the lord appeared to him and said to him i am the god almighty walk before me and be blameless so this is after all those years of silence after hagar and the mess that that made with ishmael and so this is the first time he's hearing from the lord again it says and i will make my covenant between me and you and i will multiply multiply you exceedingly abram fell on his face so he worships god Right? And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will no longer be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall you be named Abram, but you, your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And we know that one of the things that we, we always knew that the promise was not up to, to Abram. The, the promise was, uh, is what the Lord would do. Um, and, and so that's something to remember. It's, it's not up, the promise is not kept by us. There's a covenant that, you know, that we see for his descendants in Genesis 17, 9 through 14, as he talks about the circumcision for every male, right? That was something that they had to do um, in order to be, um, descendants of of God and and so that was something that was required to do now is that required for us as new believers are we required to be circumcised 
Well, that we talked about last week and last week's teaching is that circumcision is actually spiritual circumcision that happens for us. Um, and, and, and so that is, you know, uh, it's a reminder that that's something that God does. Uh, you're not required to be circumcised, so to say. Um, but there is a spiritual circumcision that happens, meaning the flesh being cut off is the sin. And so we should be feeding our spirit more than our flesh, and we spoke about that. And I talked about that simple story of Billy Graham as he talked about the, the two dogs. If you had two dogs, you fed one and didn't feed the other, the other one's going to be stronger. And so that's what he was talking about. If, if one's the spirit and one's the flesh, which one are you going to feed? And so we need to remember that that sin nature needs to be put to death. Because we know it tells us in Galatians chapter 7, verse 8. 7 and 8, it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For if he sows to the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, will of the Spirit reap everlasting Life. So it's important what we sow into. So one of the things that we learned just real quickly off of Genesis 17, we learned that the, um, the blessing uh, of God, the promise of God was going to continue to be taken care of by God. It wasn't dependent on Abram. Abram has the name change. He becomes Abraham. So he will be in uh, many nations would come from him. We also have the Abrahamic covenant. We know that it would be everlasting. We have the blessing of God, but that's dependent on Abram's maintaining of the covenant of circumcision. The covenant of circumcision. We also know that, that God would be uh, the God of Abram's descendants. There would be a special relationship with them. Uh, and then Sarah herself would give birth. So he's given the details that Sarah is going to give birth to the promise there. And remember, he starts laughing at that. And then we also have the promise of the promised land uh, in Genesis 17, verse 8, uh, was named Canaan, uh, by the name Canaan. And so we see that as we dive in to now verse 18. So we're caught up. We know what happened. Um, and so now we see in verse 1, it says, Now the Lord appeared to Abram by the oaks of memory while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. So anybody who's been in the Middle East, um, it's the, the hottest part of the day. You don't want to move. It can be 120, 122 in the heat, and man, you don't want to move at all. But look what happens. When he raised his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. So there is something that's very uh, intimate about this. He bows down. And then we see in verse 4, he says, Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and make yourselves comfortable under the tree. So one of the things that we see here is that he ran, right? He ran from the tent to meet them in the middle of the heat. And, and this is the patriarchy of the family. This is Abraham. Like he has servants and stuff, but he is running. This would have been very unusual 
to have happen. That's why even when you look at the story of the prodigal, when the father goes and runs after the prodigal son, that's an unusual thing to have happen. And it's the same thing here. It's for him to get up in the middle of the heat and run and then fall and bow down. Now, we do get something that's there. We see that he is um, uh, three uh, that, that are in front of him, three men. And so um, uh, what we do know is um, we see that he washes the feet, uh, which is very representative of what Jesus does with the disciples. Um, and it says, And make yourself comfortable under the tree, and I will bring a piece of bread so that you may refresh yourselves after that you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So what we have here is actually a Christophany. And this is an appearance of the pre-incarnate uh, Jesus Christ. When God takes human form uh, and foreshadows the incarnation of God with us in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, and the uh, Emmanuel, God with us. And so the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appears to him, and it's a pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. Um, the other two men, uh, we, um, there are arguments in theology if this is the Trinity. Um, I, you know, th that argument can be easily um, disproven, I believe, just because when you get to the further parts of Genesis, um, the second half of chapter 18 and into chapter 19, we know it's the angels the two angels that appear in Sodom and Gomorrah, and they were they were with them, um, with the Lord, uh, there in, in chapter 18 as well. But there are arguments, the uh, theological arguments over whether or not it's the Trinity or not. One of the things I love is is um, the Trinity was represented in First Peter. We were in that, and just saw the beauty of the the Trinity represented in the in the uh, book of First Peter, chapter one and. Um, you know, it's again, I believe here this is just uh, uh, Jesus Christ in person, uh, his pre incarnation uh, appearing before Abraham. And so the reason why I believe that is because in John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. God, the only Son who is in the arms of the Father, he has explained him. And so we remember that Moses only saw the backside of glory. Uh, in Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 through 23. He only saw the backside of God. And, and so uh, it also tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 16, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in the unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see to be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So why, can I, why is this not God? Because... Uh, God is, is, is unapproachable because of sinful humanity. And so it's Christ alone who enables us to approach the Father. We forget that. We're separated from a holy God, and, and yet we forget that. Um, and so God, this is one of those moments where we see uh, the pre-incarnation of, of Jesus Christ appear but there's something important too just about the the terabith trees in, in Merriman. Um this is significant because this is actually a, a place that abraham loved because this is the place where he will bury sarah um and and also that's that when we get to genesis 23 we'll see that 
Um, and then he also buries Isaac there in Genesis 49, 30, and, and 50, 13. And so he bows down to him, and then he immediately goes into service. Now, we don't know if Jesus looked the same way this time. He could have looked different because, remember, we've, we've had other appearances already in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, and Genesis 17, 1. So we've already had the person of Jesus Christ appear to Abraham twice, so we don't know. But one thing that I do know is that his faith uh, and the spiritual knowledge that he had of God, he knew at this moment it was time to bow, that this was the Lord. And that's important for us. It's, it's important for our, our relationship and to understand that spiritual uh, awakening, that spiritual understanding that you see uh, God move. I hear people say all the time that they, they don't see the Spirit of God move or they don't see, um, I haven't seen the Lord move in my life. Or, and it's like, like when you're in a, in a relationship with, with Jesus Christ and you're spending time in His Word, um, you spend time serving, serving others. Um, one of the things that you do see is you see the Lord move. You see the Lord move, and, and we have been so blessed. I mean, we have had, um, not only because we're, we're in the midst of Sunday trying to, our, our space at the VFW actually is being used because they have a district meeting, so they're using the whole hall and so we had to find another place to do church service for Sunday. And we've been so blessed by the Divine Christian Academy and uh, Caitlin and Ms. Shannon and all the things that they've done to help us uh, be able to have church Sunday at the Divine Christian Academy. Um, but we've seen the Lord move in a way that I never thought. You know, it's and but it, at the same time, it's beautiful because when you're when your heart is open and your eyes spiritually are open, you see God moving through the gift of helps, the gift of encouragement, the gift of giving. Uh, you see just that, the gift of hospitality. You just see it being used, the Spirit, uh, the, the works of the Spirit being done. And so that spiritual knowledge of saying, you know, God is in this. God is in this. Like, I mean, we had... ACs already and heaters installed. That doesn't happen that quickly. Um, God is in this. We're just seeing the Lord move left and right in this little church. And I love that because I see people excited and I see them wanting to serve uh, not only the people within the church, but the community. And they just have a heart to help people. And, and I think that's where Abraham's at. Because remember, he had all those years of silence after the mess with Hagar. And he finally heard from God in Genesis 17, at the beginning of 17. And, and so now it's been about three months and he hears from the Lord and he just goes to his knees and bows and then washes the feet of, the, of, of those that are there, just, just a man who's serving. And in Middle East, this is a big deal too because um, it is practiced with their culture. And so one of the things he says in verse 6, he says, So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and bake and make bread cakes. And so they began to serve the Lord. They're, they're, both of them are serving God. And there is a heart of hospitality here. And now this is something very important in the Middle East because 
you never knew when the those that were living the nomadic life as they would travel with their herds and flocks of sheep uh, as they travel um, when you would see people and so you would you would open uh, your tent you would feed them you would make sure they have water because you may need that at some point as you travel and so it was very important it was an important custom and it's a very important custom in a lot of cultures i've been in hawaii uh in a hawaiian culture it is man there are some very hospitable people very loving and it's the same way for the hispanic community and it's the same way for other communities um, of faith and 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 we should be the same way we should be very hospitable and no matter who comes into the church uh, we have to remember the church is a hospital for sinners right it's it's not a museum for saints you know it's not just a, a club for saints it's a hospital for sinners and so we should be hospitable to everyone you may hear the train come through divine so i'm sorry if you hear that but we have some verses on being hospitable in romans chapter 12 verses 9 through 13 it says love must be free of hypocrisy detest what is evil cling to what is good be devoted to one another in brotherly love give preference to one another in honor not lagging behind in diligence fervent in spirit serving the lord rejoicing in hope persevering in tribulation devoted to prayer contributing to the needs of the saints and the last part which is one of the most important things practice hospitality practicing hospitality practicing hospitality that means that's something that you should be continually doing as a believer so every time somebody comes into the church you're practicing hospitality when they come to your house you're practicing hospitality you know that that was one of the big super bowl ads that they had about washing the feet and and one of the things we do is we do that you're more than welcome to be at the church we practice hospitality we open up our our homes we open up our church to 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 give you love and give you truth but we're not going to condone your your lifestyle if it goes against god's word we we can't do that so when somebody comes to faith they should become a new creation in christ that takes time and we understand that but i think we you know spending 14 million dollars on a commercial i mean how many people could you have loved on as your neighbor and helped how many wells could you have dug in africa that need water you know you think about the villages that don't have water how many things could you have done uh, there's so many things that you could be done how 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 could you spend 14 million dollars and not use that money at the border sharing the gospel and feeding people right there's so many things that could be done with that but it's you know it's it was a progressive christianity commercial and so we have to be careful with those things mark chapter 10 verse 45 says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give your life as a ransom for many so if you have been called to be sanctified if you're a child of god you're set apart by god you are called to serve your being sanctification is to be made like christ and so if christ came to serve what should you be doing serving others serving others first peter chapter 4 verse 9 says be hospitable to one another without complaint 
So if you get to a point where you're starting to complain, then it may be time to actually take a step back and take a rest from serving because you're in your flesh. And, and you need to understand that. Just, just be aware of that. And so don't do it complaining. You do it out of love. You do it out of the heart of serving, uh, uh, out of the heart. You're, you're being Christ-like as you do these things. And if you're complaining, you're, you're not being very hospitable. Abram did this in verse 7 and says, Abram also ran to the herd and took a tender and a choice calf and gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He hurried to prepare it. Now, this is, this is a big deal here, and I don't, I don't know. I want to make sure we get this because this is important that we do understand this. So it's a barbecue, right? And to pull a choice calf a tender and a choice calf to, to, you know, in Texas, they, they have an understanding of how much work it is uh, to actually process the meat of a calf, um, how big they are and, and the tender as well. And so we have a barbecue that's fixing to happen, right? So we have the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ getting ready. Abram's going to barbecue for him. And, uh, but I want to make sure you get this. The, the other thing that we see is there's something that she says in verse 8 or something that's said in verse 8. It says, He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. This would not have been a quick meal. This would have taken time. And, and the things that are prepared in this meal would have been prepared for a marriage celebration, a banquet, or royalty. And that's right. He's serving the Lord. It should be of royalty. It should be the best of the best. And, and so one of the things that really hit me when I studied this is, like, think about this. He has all this time to be with Jesus. He has all this time to be with Jesus. It's This is going to take a couple of hours as all this all this meal is prepared he's helping serve some of it as well as sarah's helping to serve they're both serving their guest but they're also giving their best they're giving their best but i want to ask you what do you do with the time that you have with jesus because you have access to him the veil's been torn the veil's torn from, from, from top to bottom. The veil, you have access to Christ. Do you spend time with Him daily? Do you take advantage of it? Like this was a big deal for Abraham to get this much time with the Lord. And he's taken full advantage of it. He's like, get the best that we have. It's, it, this goes right back to me. It reminds me of the prodigal. He, got, he, he went and had them uh, set up a banquet like we're going to celebrate and, and so this is what Abraham, Abraham's doing, is he's celebrating his time with the Lord, and we should do the same as well. And, and he's giving his very best. Think about your time, your talent, your treasure. Are you giving him your very best? Or are you just serving up leftovers? Are you just serving up leftovers? And I love this because it says, He took curds and milk and the calf. He took curds and milk and the calf. He prepared and set it before them. He was standing by the under under the tree as they ate. 
I love that. Men, you have to involve yourself in your homes. Okay? You have to be a servant at your home. Like you are the leader of your home, but you're least in your home. You're there to serve. You're there to serve. And, and I want you really to think about that just for a second. Like he's preparing and also setting the table for the Lord. He's helping his wife as she's doing things in the kitchen. Like we have a responsibility as men to prepare our very best, not only for the Lord, but we should be doing that for our marriage and for our family. Especially when we start thinking about Valentine's Day, as today is Valentine's Day. Are you preparing your very best and are you serving your marriage, your family. It's very important. It's something to think about because this is one of the things, you know, that, that Abraham was doing is he was a man of action and he was there helping his wife. And if you're not doing that, man, you need to get it together. You need to start doing it. There's no excuse for it because Abraham did it. And we're called to be servants of the home. We're called to be servants of God. And we're set apart for that. You're the leader, you're the least. Serve. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times,